1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. David Turnbull's holding talks with Norwich after a potential move to Celtic collapsed yesterday. Scotland's women take on Argentina tonight as their World Cup fate hangs in the balance and the SFA finally conclude the deal to buy Hamden from Queen's Park. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Guidi. Yeah, Celtic dominating the, the headlines once again along with Motherwell over the David Turnbull saga. They've pulled the plug on the deal over the players' excessive wage demands. He's now down speaking to Norwich City. £3 million Plus bid accepted for him And uh, not only Celtic trying to get players in But also going to have to fight to keep a hold of players as well Because the, the interest in Kieran Tierney Arsenal have now joined the list and a, and a bid could come in within the next couple of days for him uh, Intensifies Well if you fancy chatting about any of these topics Or if there's anything else on your mind You can give us a call 0141 951 1025 Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Well after yesterday's development Celtic of course pulling out of the deal To sign David Turnbull after he'd rejected Their initial offer What did you make of that news yesterday Mark? Um, yeah I was surprised that, You know um, look, the, the, the player and the agent Have the right to demand as well, Whether they get it or not And really if the player Young David Turnbull who believes Grew up a Celtic supporter If he really wanted to go to Celtic He would instruct his, his agent uh, You know do a bit of bluffing Do a bit of a wheeling and dealing But I want to go to Celtic Get him the best possible deal to go there So clearly the players not wanted that What kind of advice he's getting from these We don't know I'm not quite sure how it all works Andrew Lee O'Donnell is a lawyer And is also a football agent Works for a company But I'm not sure But I think it's a tie-in with our own Fraser Wishart At the PFA The dynamics of all of that I don't know It's never really something I'd be really interested to know How all that works And the dynamics of that Relationship and what you know what they do um, for the players. It'd be interesting to get um, Liam or Fraser indeed um, to to explain it if there is indeed still a relationship there. But I'm just um, sorry to see at the moment it looks like the Scottish football is going to lose a good young player in terms of what we can see in our game because he's been brilliant, but we've only seen him for half a season. Um, is he ready to go and play an English Premiership? I'm not so sure that he is. Could he have gone to Celtic and and made an impact? Yes, uh, I think he could have, um, but. He's going to uh, to try and get the best possible deal financially, and you know, listen, I don't have a problem with with anybody trying to do that. Well, that was the news that broke after the show yesterday, which was Norwich had a deal which we believe is uh, worth three point two five million pounds accepted by Motherwell. Motherwell, we think as well, should get a percentage of any potential sell on fee yeah. for that as well. So, what do you make of that deal if if it does go through? Yeah, I mean, but look, the bottom line for Motherwell was that they have got a player who has been excellent for six months. And when that happens, you have to cash in because you don't want it to happen. You can go and break your leg, you could, you could lose form, anything like that happens. So if you've got a, a three million, three and a quarter million asset on your hands for a club like Motherwell, you cash in. So Motherwell have absolutely gone about this the right way. And to go and get a sell on clause, um, again, if, um, you know, if David Turnbull becomes a, another Andrew Robertson or uh, look at John McGinn The space a year Gone for a £3 million player To a £20 million player Then you know Motherwell could be quids in Two, three, four years Down the, the line So excellent piece of business For Motherwell And uh, plaudits to, to this Coaching staff at the club All through the ranks For producing such Another great youngster Do you think there'll be An element of relief From Motherwell When the deal Didn't go through With Celtic yesterday yeah. They were sort of Left in the balance They 
you know, they thought they had this offer on the table. They thought mm-hmm. the money could have been coming in. Then all of a sudden that falls apart. But then this deal from Norwich comes through. Is, yeah. is that a relief for them? Yeah, I would imagine so. And, and one thing, you know, credit to Celtic for being quite off the mark. And again, the fee. And, you know, as I said, every player's got his right to try and maximise what he can earn through his agents. And likewise, Celtic, if they feel, and Buller Council made them an excellent offer, if they feel that's the line drawn there, then fine. You know, there's a bit of history with Celtic and Liam O'Donnell going right back to the to the Stuart Armstrong contract extension um, etc uh, as well so you know we're all aware um, of that but um, yeah Motherwell might have thought well Celtic are going to give us 3 million um, but that doesn't mean to say Norwich need to do it Norwich might have said 2.2 2.3 2.4 take it or leave it unless somebody else comes in so yeah there'll be a wee bit of a sweat at Motherwell to make sure that the same fee and I think now Motherwell not that they're chasing the boy out the door but when you can smell 3 million quid you're wanting the deal done as quickly as possible well, 0141 951 1025 if you want to get on the phones that's exactly what Alec in Parkhead has done Alec what do you make of this? Hi Andy how are you? How Mark? How are you doing Mark? Hi Alex, all good thanks Hi, I'm, gl- Hi, I'm, I'm glad that that's, that's this Sega done with It's been on, going on for a week uh, I say after the, the boy and his agent uh, rebuffed the first uh, thing on Friday That we should have just called it quits then It's his prerogative to go and chase the money Because that's what I believe that this is Celtic offered him a platform uh, he's probably I don't know because he says with somebody contracted it didn't merit him being like, like a first team player no club unless you're one of the top five players in the world they're going to demand it to play now I'm sure in his, in his aspirations when he was a young football player growing up that it was to play for Norwich City I don't think so the only reason why he's at Norwich City is because they're giving him more money and that's up to him fair play to Celtic we came out we had the John McGinn Sega last year. We came out, and I'm glad we made it public. They let the fans know this is what we're going to pay Motherwell. We've offered the lad, the lad this. It's not good enough. Out the door. There's other players that will come in and they just as good, or if not a better job than, than a boy. Well, we don't know what David Turnbull's motivation for knocking back Celtic, and potentially we don't know whether he's going to go to, to Norwich or not, but say he does go there. Some people will say, oh, you know, he could be winning trophies at Celtic. He could be playing in the Champions League with Celtic. You look at Norwich as well. They're a Premier League club now. He's going to be playing against some of the top teams in the world, some of the top players in the world there as well. So you need to sort of weigh up what your motivations are as a young player, don't you, Mark? Yeah, you, you do. And, and obviously you, you, you've got agents to, to advise you as well. So, you know, is it all about money? We don't know. It, it, it may well be because, you know, it could all be about that. And, and again, like I say, I don't, have, I don't have a problem with that, but... I always think if you're a if you're a really good player and you believe in yourself, you get the talent, the money will come. So I always think that that and you hear a lot a, a lot of agents talking about it when they're advising their players, the good ones, good players, they'll say the money will come. Think about your career first, because if you're playing most weeks, you're getting bonuses, you'll get new contract. If you're not, so don't a young player, you know, especially a teenager with half a season under his belt. Like I, say, I don't know the motivation, but I just hope. It's not all about money. I hope whatever it is Norwich have sold to him in terms of football is the main reason that he's going because he is good enough to go and make a right good living for the next 15 years. So you don't need to chase the money. That can be the wrong motivation. And like I say, I hope it's not. It's a chance to go and play for a Premiership club. You look at Kenny McLean, albeit Kenny McLean had 250 first-team games under his belt before he moved to Norwich City and they were in the Championship at the time. Do I think David Turnbull, without knowing Norwich inside out and without knowing what their plans are going to be in the transfer market... 
uh, in the next um, seven weeks. Do I think that David Turnbull is going to go down to Norwich City um, and get 20 starts in the Premier League next season? I'd be very surprised if he does. Could I see him going out on loan? Yeah, that's maybe something that would happen. But again, the, the boys got a chance to go and impress um, the management. Was it Farkey uh, as a manager yep. down there? Go and, and impress him and see how he gets on. Alec? Uh, uh, Mark, obviously I just want to know, put that boy to the side. Is there any, you hear anything that's, that, that, that any deals that Celtic are going to be lining up, Mark? Is there anything in the pipeline of that? They're definitely looking about. I know they need a, a right back. A right back is a, is a priority. For them, you know, I think as well, you've got to remember they need to trim the playing staff and trim the wage bill. You know, like um, in Sham, I think you'll, you'll be out the door. I said at the top of the show, and I've been saying it for weeks now, and it's in the, um, the Daily Mail today. Arsenal are very keen on, on Kieran Tierney. I think Celtic are going to have a fight in their hands to keep a hold of Kieran Tierney. It could be serious interest in him over the next few weeks, which, you know, everybody's expected is going to happen. It's just a matter of. Of when, but listen, maybe maybe he'll stay on. Maybe Celtic won't get a big enough bid to to tempt them into selling. But they're going to have problems keeping on to one or two of their top players. And there's also they they have to get three or four um, out the door that are basically. I think you know if you look at the squad, Alec, there's probably the guts of I would say a minimum one hundred and fifty grand a week in that Celtic squad contributing um, nothing. So you need to try and trim that back and then add. I would say. Various positions, four bits of top quality to the squad. Not not squad players, not number fillers. Actually, four bits of quality. Well, thank you to Alec, a Celtic fan in Parkhead. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to get on the phones, we'll get the thoughts of Peter, a Celtic fan in Pulso Park. After this, but first of all, we'll uh, we'll hear from Celtic assistant John Kennedy. He's been talking today, and he says the club and David Turnbull's representatives were miles apart in negotiations and that they're already focused on other targets. Kennedy said they made a very good offer to the midfielder and that the club have a lot more to offer players than just money. We made them a, a very good offer to his representatives. You know, we showed the great interest in the player, but you know, in terms of how we've uh, seen it and how the the representatives seen it was was obviously miles apart. And we've got a number of targets. You know, and if it's not right for us. You know, we need to move on to our next target, and that's what we aim at doing. You know, if he goes and signs for Norwich, good luck to him. He's a good player, talented player, but, you know, we made him a, a very good offer. We're a terrific club who proven record of developing talents, young players, you know, Ryan Christie, Christopher Azure, ones we brought in. We've got our own academy players, so we found that a good fit for us. Um, but, again, not everything works out, so we've got to move on and, and do business elsewhere. These things happen in uh, transfer windows. It's one where you don't just put all your eggs in one basket. We... Uh, Showed an interest in the player, we made him a good offer, agreed with Motherwell, and it came down to the, the player and his representatives that they decided not to not to take the offer. So we move on to the next one, we've already been discussing that and looking at the next targets and, and we'll continue to do that. And it's, it's not that you don't go over the odds, you have a valuation and the structure's there, but we're also fair, we're not setting our ways and say this is it and that's it. You know, we're there and we have discussions, it's not just financially, you know, the players and representatives and people that we're trying to attract, it's a, the bigger picture as well, what you're coming to and the kind of club you're coming to the feeling we'll give you when you're here the attention you'll get here there's a whole package financially we're always fair it's not like we're setting our ways and, and offering them youth team money it's a very fair offer so we found it fair we move on we look at our next target and then we try and do business elsewhere Mark, John Kennedy making it out as if yeah. Celtic are happy to move on yeah and, and right you know and actually when you listen to John Kennedy he makes a lot of great points about the young talent whether you're coming through the ranks at Lennox Town or you know there's, there's been two or three at the bottom like Christopher Ayer you know and um and Ryan Christie and if you look at them what they do the good thing about Celtic is 
they don't rush the boys like you know we've paid half a million a million quid you, you need to go in you know they'll take their time actually Chris Verraya go out and loan to Kilmarnock Ryan Christie go out and loan to Aberdeen we'll bring you back we work with you so listen John Kenny made a lot of great points and the interesting line for me is is, is miles apart and if you hear some of the figures Andrew you know we all like to talk about figures Celtic offered in the region of £10,000 a week the, the players representatives Lee Madonna is asking for in the region of £20,000 a week allegedly now if you look at it what do you think's the fairer offer for a boy that's played 31st team games what do you think's the fairest figure so therefore I think Celtic well within their rights to pull away and I hope because he's a great young potential uh, Scottish football player David Turnbull I hope like, like I say he's made this decision if it's ended up Norris that he's not been totally motivated by money it's about football and therefore if you're looking purely at football still staying at home or still staying in the vicinity of, of, of your parents and your family and you know being settled then I think the, the, the move to a Celtic would have all things considered would have been the better one for him at this stage but it's totally up to the boy and he's quite right to do what he wants Peter from Puzzle Park as a Celtic fan Peter what have you made of this? I just uh it's a bit bizarre, guys. Obviously, broken. I think yeah. I think Morrow should keep it all, but in house until any deal was done. Rather than coming out last week and saying that it's safety a bit. Personally, as a Celtic supporter uh, for the last six, seven days, I think my has been used as a pawn with his agent. I don't think there was any intentions he wanted that boy to come to Celtic. He obviously, Matt, as you say, he's worked with. Well, he's been linked with Fraser in the past and things like that, and he's a lawyer. And I think from Arm Garden. You know, as we snip it inside Parkhead, he's done work for Celtic, I in contract terms with like Sir Ryan Christie and other players, and I think he's trying to push a boat out, seeing as how far Celtic go. As you say, Mark, for the boys, only played half a season, just over half a season. If it is true, Celtic offer 10k. I think that's a fantastic order offer for a 19 year old who's just really come onto the scene. Yeah, you might have flourished under Celtic, you'll never know. I just think the whole situation is bizarre. I just wish maybe. Both parties and even Celtic as well, whether they were felt that we were justified to come out last week when it was stated that the contract terms had broken down, that they felt they had to come out and make the hang the statement about how much offered the boy or not. But I just hope that Mr. Lawwell has got targets in mind for Neil and the bank's nearly 100% in the transfer market this summer because roughly I think we need about six players. But I just think my team, as I say, has been used as a point in this transfer. And I think it's a sad day. I don't know if they used the point. I mean, at the end of the day, Celtic, you know, made the bid and an excellent bid, you know, to go and pay three million pounds or more for a nineteen year old um from another Scottish club is is, you know, it tells you about where Celtic want to go and what to do this summer and also for Motherwell, you know, for a Scottish club to get that kind of money for a player with thirty first team games at the at, at the at the top level in this country under his belt, it's great for them um as as well. But the good thing about about Celtic was actually they I don't think they'll use the pawn in terms of Celtic have pulled the, the plug you can pull the plug knowing it's not going to happen for you, but they've they've taken the initiative, they've they've tried to put a bit of pressure um, on the deal and rightly so but it's probably always thought that you know that Celtic feel that the David Turnbull's camp are, have been unrealistic uh, in their demands and if, if Celtic felt that they hadn't made a good offer I don't think Celtic would have gone public so I, I think Celtic have, have, in this instance um, have absolutely done all they could do Peter? I believe, yeah, I believe that as well Mark I, say, I just hope obviously we've got targets signed up for, I mean obviously you're reading Snippets, the boys saying they're not guaranteed to any 
at first team place or that. Nobody, eighteen, nineteen year old Mark's guaranteed yeah. a first team place. No, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, unless you're Lionel Messi, or Cristiano Ronaldo, nobody's guaranteed a first team place even at Parkhead just now. I mean, we can go through the team and there's things like that. How's he playing? How's this one not playing? So nobody's guaranteed in this day to say, or, I mean, if I was like yourself, I thought it would maybe broke in, maybe played 20, 20, 25 games with the high demand that's on Celtic this season with Europe and what. But I say, I'm not going to wish the boy any ill feeling because he's no came to That's up to him. Like, I get that. It's a short career, but I just think something's murky. But maybe no as murky as I think, but I just something doesn't smell right, Mark. But then again, things have happened and they've had players come and go, and I think the club will move on and still be strong. Yeah, I'm sure if Lee Madonna, or, or as I say, I'm not sure if they're still a tie in with, with Fraser Wishart from the, the, the PFA, I really don't know, but. I'm sure if they want to call on the programme before 7 o'clock and, and explain their angle on it, delighted to take their call, I'm sure, Andrew. Indeed. And uh, 0141 951 1025 is the number if uh, they would like to get involved or if you would like to get involved at home. That was Peter in Postle Park. Thanks to him. After the break, we'll hear the thoughts of James, a Motherwell fan from Cumberland. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Quiddy here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've been talking David Turnbull and we'll go straight to the phones because James, a Motherwell fan from Cumbernauld, has been waiting on the line. James, what is the perspective from a Motherwell fan? Yeah, how are you doing, guys? Uh, just Hi, James. I'm a Motherwell fan. Uh, I've watched David Turnbull all season and I think he's the most talented player since James at Fader at Motherwell, if not potentially more talented. Now, all I hear is Celtic fans playing David Turnbull or he's away for money. To be honest, he's not away for money. Sometimes you think about it and say, he's actually never away for, for football in terms. He's not just away for money. He's a 19 year old and can Celtic guarantee him first team football? Obviously not. He can't be guaranteed football, first team football anyway you go. But he's obviously sat down and thought about it and thinking, I want to play football. And, uh, you know, maybe he's looking at it as a football perspective. And um, all I see is Celtic fans. Um, I'm a bit bitter because I've turned them down. I think Celtic fans think that Scottish players from the SPL think that Celtic could be on end of Scottish football when sometimes it's not, you know. Uh, and that's really my point. What I see what you guys think about it. Well, I think that what we need to find out, um, um, you know, we've, we've not heard from David Turnbull or his representatives, but if he signs for Norries in the next you know, 24, 48 hours or whatever he ends up, even if he ends up staying at Motherwell, then I'm sure he'll be asked these these questions and, and we'll get to the bottom of, you know, what his reasons um, are for, for going away. And, and like I say, there's, there's disappointment from Celtic and the Celtic supporters, but the boy's entitled to do what he wants. But I just hope that at the forefront of his decision between himself and his advisors is football because he'll become a very rich young man anyway whether he signed for Celtic or whether he goes even if he does they kick a first team ball for the next two years if he signs a three, four, five year deal at one of these clubs then financially he'll be looked after and if you keep playing football and keep improving the money the finances and the rewards will keep coming to you so listen we can only speculate at the moment what his reasons are um, but until David Turnbull signs somewhere has his media conference and then explains then as I say we'll, we'll, we'll know for sure uh, when that point arrives I've seen a few people on Twitter Mark saying why would he go to a, a team that may be a relegation threatened team in the Premier League when he could be winning trophies at Celtic but it didn't go too badly for Andy Robertson when he went down to, yeah. to Hull they got relegated and, and look at him now 
yeah, listen, there's, there's a lot of, of good examples, you know, of, of guys leaving um, and, and, and going away. Um, you know, I think Andy Robertson had a bit more experience and he took the, the, the leap to Hull. Um, John McGinn had three, if not four years under his belt before he moved to, to Aston Villa. That's not to say David Tumble can't go down, you know, he's got talent. If he can settle in, hits the ground running. You need a lot of luck as well, Andrew, if you get that little bit of luck on his side, then maybe he can go and play for Norris first time. We don't know what like their squad's going to be. We don't like, like any squad's going to be until August, until the window closes. Um, so we need to wait um, and see. I'm just sorry that a good young Scottish talent that we've only really had the, the opportunity to see for, for five or six months, 30-odd games, um, that we're not going to see him, but it's unlikely that he's going to be in the, the uh, Scottish Premiership um, next season, which is a shame. But like I say, if the boy wants to go down south and go and try his luck, take a few quid for it and see what he can do, then great. I, I just hope that it works out from. I'm sure it will, but I hope he doesn't uh, reg- reg- regret the decision that he's made in the past couple of days. Thank you to James, a Motherwell fan in Cumbernauld. We'll stay on the phone. Ian is a Celtic fan in Renton. Ian, what's your point tonight? All right, guys, how you doing? Good, thanks, Ian. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just a Turnbull kind of situation, you know. For me, it's not just about Celtic. It's about, you know, how Scottish football is viewed. You know, I was away on holiday there and I got speaking to a boy and uh, a Scottish boy in the place with one of your top flight teams. He's just coming through the reserves, a young boy, 17-year-old. Celtic mad, he said he was, you know. He said he's getting his kind of first game in the next month. Boy Celtic mad, it's not even Celtic. So I asked him, you know, who would you go? Would you go to Celtic or would you go to England? And the boy said, you know, my heart says Celtic, but I would have to go to England. And for me, that just highlights, you know, it's like Celtic, you know, Celtic are one of the biggest teams in Scotland. Celtic are the biggest team in Scotland. And we're losing boys to Norwich. For me, I, I just, uh, it just shows, you know, one of your prospects coming through. I don't know much about Turnbull, you know, but for what I've been seeing and what I've been hearing, he's, he's a real prospect. We need to be keeping these boys here. No, isn't it a small? And Norwich are a small club, as far as I'm concerned. But Ian, you're right. They're a small club compared to Celtic, with a playing, and if you want, you know, arguably the best league in Europe, and and certainly the richest one, because yeah, Norwich might, you know, of of, of gates of twenty nine, thirty thousand. Um, the good club, Norwich, I mean that that a good club, a, a proper football club. But you're right. I know one of the biggest. However, that promotion there, winning the championship. Ian has just got them what Andrew the guts of what 120 million quid yeah, yeah. guaranteed you know what do Celtic get for for winning the league up here three and three and a half million yeah three and a half whatever it is so that's that you know it's financially you know it's not a level playing field so it may, to you it might only be all little norries and understand what you're saying but the goal financially is absolutely massive yeah yeah right financially you know but years ago when I was that kind of boy you know like and probably same as yourself, you know, everybody wanted to play for Celtic or Rangers. You know, that's the truth, you know, in Glasgow where I'm from. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. You know, it's real it's really changed. The dynamics has changed. The you know, all these young boys want to go to England for money. So uh, you know, for me is it all about money? Is that what it's just became about? Is it earning as much as possible? Well we said that to the last caller, um, James, but we'll find out the motivation once um um, David Turnbull signs for his next club or whatever it is he decides to do. Um, you know he'll be asked. You know why have you joined this club? You know why did you not sign for Celtic? And you know he'll, he'll have questions to answer. And listen, what the boy will be comfortable in his own decision. Um, he can answer them. But one thing, I, I think in all the years of of covering signings at different, you know, uh, at different clubs all over, 
unless my memory's playing tricks on me, I've yet to hear any player sit down and say, I've signed here for the money. <laughs> Even though 95% of them do, I've yet to hear one actually come uh, and, and openly admit it. Whether you're a 19 year old kid with 30 games under your belt or you're a seasoned campaigner at, at 35 winding down looking for one last payday. But we'll wait and Aye, see. That you was my know. question next, Mark. Sorry, that was my question to you next. Do you actually think that this boy's going to come out and say that I signed for the money? Of course he's not going to say that. Oh, that's what I'm no, saying. Aye, uh, you know, for me that looks like the case. That's like all the young boys, they all want to go to England now. Things have changed, you know, for our football as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, I we can't compete with England, but, you know, the money that's down there. But a bit of pride, a bit of Scottish pride. You want to play for the Scottish teams? You know, and kind of highlight our game and hopefully move it on to a different level. But, you know, real for me, losing our best players to the smaller clubs in England, then it's just a kind of a sad thing for us football as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because you you say you don't know a lot about him, Ian, but I, I probably watched him six, seven times last season. And just wonderful composure. See, in and around the box, and he's got something to finish, right foot, left foot. A great finisher um, And obviously very very talented The fact that after 30 games He's, he's getting transferred for more than 3 million quid Tells its own story But he is a fantastic young talent uh, And I wish him well But I'm just sorry Like like you're saying there I'm not saying specifically From what he signed with Celtic But just the fact that we won't see him And it's unlikely we're going to see him In our own Scottish Premiership next season That, that is a shame Well thank you to Ian A Celtic fan in Renton We'll stay on the phone Sheila is also a Celtic fan She's in Cardonald Sheila what are your thoughts? Hi, I must say I'm kind of surprised at David Turnbull's decision, um, but that I wouldn't mind a million a year, over 500,000 um, a year. But I believe he has kind of nurtured his talent with um, Motherwell and resisted to the kind of other teams before in order to take great care at how he comes through into the first team. So I think, um, I hope he doesn't, but I, I think he's going to go to Norwich and find game time um, very difficult um, to come by, so I'm surprised um, at that. I'm also a bit dismayed at, I saw a journalist from another newspaper, um, Tom English, um, kind of crow to Celtic supporters that you didn't get McGinn, you won't get McKenna, and you didn't get Turnbull. I also heard that Motherwell fan, and I'm absolutely dismayed. Yes, there's resentment that Celtic have got a lot of money, but the Motherwell fan really enjoyed seeing him play. Oh, well, watch him on the TV now um, on Sky Sports or whatever, because you're not going to see him in the flesh. You would have actually seen him play against your team, yes, but you'd have seen him in Scotland and you're happy for him to go to England. It's that small-mindedness where we Scottish people cut their own throats while our game's struggling to survive and all our best talent is um, going to England. Well, I mean, people have their reasons, Mark, for, for doing what it is. You know, I'm not sure there's any players out there that are making the decision to, to leave Scotland to damage the, the Scottish game. But, you know, wh- whether it is money, whether it is playing at the highest level, whether it's, it's anything else, we don't know why no. players a lot of the time make the moves, but, but they do. Yeah, you know, everybody will have their own motivation. Uh, a lot of them will, will be, they'll, they'll be similar uh, motivations for, for moving. But, you know, whatever they are, whether... whether you agree with it whether you're disappointed that a certain player's not signed for your club but is not going to stay at your club wants to move on remember you know, if you're a Motherwell fan you've lost arguably your best player um, you know and yeah there's, there's 3 million quid in the bank but it's not like Stephen Robinson will get the 3 million pound to go and bring in uh, 3 or 4 that, that's not going to happen that's 
the, the financial reality So for Motherwell It's a major blow um, For them to lose the boy But financially it's great You know If Motherwell can produce uh, A David Tumble Every four or five years And you know That's what the academy uh, Is there for And good on them um, For that But uh, listen Whether you're angry Disappointed Or, or whatever about uh, The David Tumble situation um, You have got to Respect his decision and, and wish him well And hope that it works out for him Well thank you to Sheila in Cardonald We'll stay on the phones John is a Rangers fan in Dumbarton John um, Hi I've just been listening to all the, the callers this evening um, And I just think You know the one thing we're not saying is Scottish football has been undervalued For years We've sold ourselves short There's not enough money in the game And when we do get young talent It is going to go away But that's the symptom the root cause is we've got, you know, we've got a league there and we've got an SFA there that do, well, to my mind, nothing for the game. Where's the money? Why is it other leagues are getting money and we're not? Why have we undervalued our product for years? Well, yeah, I can see what you're saying in terms of it being undervalued, but you, but you can't force Sky or, or BT or any other media outlet. They will make make you an offer. And it's up to you whether whether you accept it. And uh, you know, you know, there's no television companies aren't queuing up um, to sign up for Scottish football. So uh, I think the last deal Andrew is the best deal that, that, that they've had. Yeah, uh, a record-breaking deal. Sky will take full control uh, to monopolise all the the Premiership games um, from next season onwards. Uh, is it a four or five year deal um, Beyond that Whatever it may be But still I, I hear what you're saying You know just what we're saying To one of the last callers here, You know Norwich Television money 120 million quid Celtic uh, Been here League champions Around about 3 million pounds So you know There is some difference But um, You can't force The te- televisions Or businesses They're not in it To say Oh let's be feel, feel sorry for, for Scottish football We'll give them an extra 100 million a year You know just because you know, Neil Doncaster's a nice guy or, you know, we want to see Motherwell and St. Johnson do well. That's not how it works, unfortunately. But it would be great to see our game getting more money. But I think, to be fair to um, the people that run our game, in that respect, I think they have got absolutely the, the best dollar out there. John? Well, Mark, I, I would actually disagree with you. And the reason I would disagree with you is one of the names you mentioned there was Neil Doncaster. Uh-huh. Um, but he was in charge of the league for how long? And ended up that we went for two, three seasons without a top league sponsor. A sponsor, and that yeah. man is still on a job. Well, that, the, the clubs, the clubs, right. the clubs employ him, though. The clubs employ him. He's employed no, by no, the clubs. That tells you that, okay, what does that tell you? The clubs are looking out for themselves rather than the overall good of the game. Right. So, so why is that Neil Doncaster's fault? Neil Doncaster did not have. Put it this See if I failed at my job, and to me. Not having a league sponsor for two years was failing at his job. No, that's it. I, I get your point, I would, but I, the, I the point out, I mean is in terms I of the clubs that he should job. have been sacked. But the clubs have the power to do that, and they decided not to. That's not Neil Doncaster's fault. I hear what you're saying about the sponsorship thing, but in, in terms yeah. of him being sacked and losing his job, uh, it's within the power of the football clubs. They, they you know, they yeah. run it in many ways. Neil Doncaster. As a messenger for them And I don't mean that In a disrespectful way But he does He only carries out The instructions Of the voting structure Of the club That the club's put in place Final point to you John Yeah And I get your point now But the point being That to me Again gets further Into the root of the problem The Mm -hmm. clubs are all Looking after and saying 
what can I get out of my wee bit of the pie, as opposed to actually taking a step back and saying, Scottish football has to do better. What are we looking for? Can we bring in somebody better? Can we do something better and can we market ourselves better? Well, so that, that's all valid point because you want to try and get the best people possible. But I think in terms of the television revenue, um, unless Scottish football was going to absolutely open up the doors, lock, stock and barrel every every live game, take you into the dressing rooms, you know, give you the full but which they might need to do if they really want to go to the next level. Um, then, you know, apart from that, but again, that's not Neil Doncaster's fault. Neil Doncaster might recommend that and say, listen, you can all get an extra million quid each if you open up your doors and give Sky and BT24 access. But if you're not willing to do that, and I can understand why, why football managers wouldn't want that, then again, that's not Neil Doncaster's fault because he only carries out the instructions of the voting structure of the clubs that employ him. Well, thank you to John, a Rangers fan in Dumbarton. We'll have more after the travel with Ali. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Quiddy here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Let's turn our attentions because there's a game tonight. Scotland are playing Argentina in mm. the Women's World Cup and it is a massive game isn't it it's a crucial match because not only do they take on Argentina in their final group game they have to win to stand a chance of making it into the knockout stages of course they lost their first two matches to England and Japan they can still go through as long as they win this game and finish as one of the best third place teams what have you made of the campaign as a whole so far Mark? Yeah I mean obviously disappointing for Scotland but you know I think they're still they're still hanging in there and I'd love to see them win and tonight. I'd love to see Shelley Kerr and the women's team do it. I think they deserve a victory. They're a wee bit unlucky once or twice uh, in the games. Um, and then, you know, if all they can do is do their job tonight and win the game. And then they'll have to wait until Friday to see uh, if they are one of the best um, runners or one of the best third place um, teams. So I hope they can win tonight. Uh, there certainly appears to be enough uh, belief and enough confidence um, that they can go and do it. Um, if they don't, Andrew then still enormous credit to them for, for qualifying and just a general improvement in the past few years. I know they've only lost by, listen, they've lost, bottom line is they've lost, but it's you know it's only been a goal uh, again that they've lost by. So listen, they've still got a right good chance tonight to beat Argentina and I hope they do it. Well, Shelley Kerr says tonight's game against Argentina is the type of match they should be winning with the World Cup hopes hanging in the balance. As I said earlier, a win could be enough to reach the knockout stages and she said she'd have taken this position if she was offered it before the tournament. Yes, I think if you go by FIFA rankings, which we tend to do, they're in there for a reason. This is a game that we're looking to win, there's no doubt about that. In terms of the mood in the camp, it's been fantastic. Um, despite, obviously, two defeats against two top opponents, um, the players have had a couple of days off. They've been back in at training. We're ready for the game. Yeah, 100%. I think scenario planning, not in a negative way, but we probably planned to be in this situation. We were hopeful that we would have taken something from the first two games, but we always knew that it would probably come down to this last game against Argentina. And I think it's got the makings of a really good game because both teams need to win um, to put themselves in contention to go through to the last 16. So it's it's got the makings of being a really, really a tough game, but an exciting one. I mean, Shelley Kerr did say before the tournament that their aim was to get to the knockout stages, but even with that being the aim, it would be a massive achievement. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be, you know, and, and they've lost the two games, as you said, by ranking you'd expect to lose, but this is one that there's pressure on them now to go and win it, you know, to, to live up to it and then wait and see what the next 48 hours bring in terms of making the, the last um, 
16 but yeah I, I think Scotland can can do can go and win the game tonight Andrew uh, it's in Paris just some, yeah just something about it I've just got a wee feeling that they can um, go and do it and I think as well it's good well, people might see that as being a negative in terms when she says oh you know we plan to be in this situation well you've got to plan for all eventualities and it makes you if you, if you put that doubt put that into the, the players heads that, that they're that they're ready for it so they're not going to think oh we're on a down and we've lost our two games well actually all things being equal you should have lost the two games but it's about this one it's a cup final tonight all you can do is win it and hope that you get a wee bit of luck over the other third place teams in the next 48 hours and we'll hope that there's a wee omen there as well because it's the same stadium that James McFadden scored that goal yeah. against France all those years ago yeah. so hopefully yeah. the same same wee bit of magic from someone yeah what was that 12, 12 years ago now uh, I was there that night anyway um, for Radio Clyde so yeah enjoyed it brilliant goal one of the probably the since Scotland have been at the World Cup I was there as well in, in France in 1998 and that's probably been I think the best single moment for, for men's football that we've had in the past 20 years well the game is an 8 o'clock kickoff. the team has just been released it's Lee Alexander in goal the outfield players Kirsty Smith Nicola Doherty Rachel Corsi Jen Beatty, Kim Little Caroline Weir Leanne Creighton Lisa Evans Claire Emsley and Erin Cuthbert so good luck to Shelley Kerr's yep. side tonight we'll all be rooting for you here and hopefully we'll be seeing them in the knockout stages of the World Cup which certainly would be some achievement but uh, that'd be great wouldn't it to see him into the, the last 60 and knock it you're right uh, Andrew yep, let's get the victory tonight and uh, just looking at some of the sections here I think if they win tonight they will get through they will make it into the, the, the knockout stages and on top of that there was uh, there was more European draws today as if there wasn't enough <laughs> yesterday with all four teams finding out uh, who they were playing in the first round we found out who they could potentially be playing in the second round certainly the most interesting of the lot has to be a potential reunion for uh, Rangers and, and Progress Nethercorn in the second round there's a, there's a lot of variables that need yeah. to happen before that happens Progress would need to beat Cardiff Metropolitan University and then beat yeah. Cork City and Rangers still have to get through their tie but do you think that's one that Rangers fans would like to see against Progress against Progress yeah because cause, cause they'll beat Progress Rangers will beat Progress over to like, you know getting knocked out by Progress uh, two years ago under Pedro Cachinha uh, over the two legs is, is one of the worst results Rangers have had in their history without a shadow of a doubt it was a total embarrassment to get put out with, with a club um, of that standing that won't happen again this time you look at Rangers last season in Europe what they managed to achieve so they know their way about they're quite good at handling the, the, the knockout situations listen it's difficult again there's always going to be tough ties for them you know, even ones you see on paper oh, it's only a team from Macedonia or it's only a team from Bosnia or it's only a team from Finland still tough ties you still want to go and negotiate them and get through them and be prepared and be ready when you've maybe only had 12, 14, 16 games of training uh, days of training under your belt no competitive games under your belt so it's tough that's why you know for any of our clubs to qualify for any of the European tournaments into the group stages proper come September is a fantastic achievement but I think Rangers would, would, would absolutely love the chance to play against progress, you see a lot of variables that might not happen, but uh, I think they would love it. And if they did, I think Rangers would absolutely batter them. They would take over the two legs, take seven or eight goals off them. Do you think Steven Gerrard would like that because it could potentially prove as a as a marker to show how far yeah. he's taken the club yeah. since Pedro Cachinha came in? Yeah, great point, Andrew. I think he would. Yeah, they would absolutely welcome. I'm trying to think, was there any survivor? Maybe Andy Halliday, there might be, you know. A couple of survivors um, from from that time. There won't be many, but um, yeah, certainly um, you know that that result should just never have happened. And that's one thing. You know, I think over the piece of Rangers board have have been good in the past couple, but that was one thing they should have absolutely cut Pedro Cachinha loose at that moment. As soon as we're knocked out, then you should have seen the sign. Not this guy. We shouldn't be giving them any more money. Get somebody in because they still gave him money after that. A lot of money to spend on 
on wages and it didn't work you look at some of the players that, that he brought in so that was one mistake that the Rangers board made they should have cut him loose after that and then you have a look at the other Europa League draws potential for the second round I think Kilmarnock fans might have been a dis- bit disappointed by the first round draw when you get into Europe after all these years and all of a sudden you're playing a team in Wales in which Wales. isn't exactly the, the sort of glamour tie you'd be looking for but Partizan Belgrade that sounds a bit more like it yeah, and uh, I think you go to Wales assuming the fact that you would rather have that, I think, Andrew, as long as you don't get knocked out by him. It gives you just another chance to get the thing going, particularly as a new manager in it as well. Come on up and um, wish uh, Alicia all the best. I hope that he does well. Obviously, as we know, a real tough act to follow uh, in Stevie Clark. But um, I think the Welsh draw won't be a bad one for them. Uh, and if it's, you know, Partizan, Belgrade, that's a tough, tough thing. You know, particularly the away leg and the the, the, the heat, you know, um, of Belgrade that will be absolutely... It'll be warm, warm, warm that night. Well, Angelo Alessio is actually addressing the media for the first time tomorrow, so it'll be interesting on the show tomorrow night to to hear his thoughts. Do you think that, you know, we've seen Connorski Nomad play games in Scotland in the Iron Brew Cup. Does that seem like a good sort of platform to him be able to get his first first game there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he'll be happy uh, with that. You know, again, if you can go and win that tie over the two legs, and it, you know, it shows that you're moving in the right direction, gives everybody a bit of confidence, gives you a chance to get to know the players in a competitive environment, it gives them a chance to try and implement the new manager's ideas, uh, which there will be, you know, there'll be, there'll be three or four player changes um, as well at the club at least, um, you know, and, and like Kilmarnock are going to have to fend off bids for two or three of their players, no doubt, uh, in the coming weeks too, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Alicio does and um, how he handles it all, but, but I wish him well because you want any new manager to come in in a club like Kilmarnock I think have been terrific for the Scottish game for the past couple of years you want to see them continue um, to, to keep going and pushing um, all the clubs um, all the way and uh, you know winning, uh, winning big games and it'll either be a trip to Luxembourg or Georgia for Aberdeen I mean it's uh it doesn't throw up too much glamour but uh, one story out of Aberdeen today the signing of Craig Bryson yeah great signing uh, you know for Aberdeen to get a player that calibre Craig Bryson's been terrific Derby County wanted to, to keep him Cardiff City wanted to keep him last season and be part of their Premiership squad after he helped him win promotion so for uh, Aberdeen to get Craig Bryson because he was courted by three or four clubs up here and three or four clubs down south it's a great piece of business considering that they've lost um, uh, Graham Shinney um, but uh, Craig Bryson is a top quality player and he will thrive in his, his role at Petodri And as for Celtic into the second round of the Champions League qualifiers if they make it it'll either be Estonian side Nom Kulia or it'll be the Macedonian side Skendia so another two teams that we don't know too much about but certainly I'm sure Celtic will be hoping to, to get through to that round and uh, play one of those teams and uh, just before we finish up news that broke not too long ago is that the Scottish FA have finally agreed the deal mm-hmm. to buy Hamden from Queen's Park it's been a long process about nine months but it's mm-hmm. finally done Mark yeah, it's good just to put it to bed. You know, we, we thought it was there when when Lord Willie Hawkey and Sir Tom Hunter came in, um, with, with you know two and a half three million pounds between them, whatever it was, um, to 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 allow the the process to start to properly stay at Hamden, which was important in my opinion. It was important for the national team to to stay at Hamden, so that's a good move. And then uh, it was a case of just putting everything else uh, in place to to move that forward. And um, yep, the SFA have managed to get it over the line, so everybody can breathe a, a sigh of relief and. And move on, knowing exactly where our, our national game um, is going to be for for the next long number of years. Where do you see the next steps now? Now that they've got full ownership as of August first, twenty twenty. What what will that offer them? Well, I think there's the, we're all in agreement that um, Hamden, the, the the way it's set out, has to change. You know, I think even just a 
I say basic It'll be a big job A basic thing Like bringing both ends Closer behind the goal Now so that means You're doing away with, with a running track And any athletic stuff But you know We've had the Commonwealth Games So doing that It won't be cheap to do it Andrew But that'll be part of the SFA's job Is to go and Let's do grants Fundraising Sponsorship You know A stadium sponsor um, Again You know On top of that um, Then you know Go and try and do something But they have to now Go and do their jobs To take it to the next level To give Hamden Park A you know, a stadium that everybody in the country um, is proud of. I think it's a good stadium, but it could certainly be better. Well, thank you for all your calls tonight. That's all for tonight's show. We'll be back tomorrow night. I'll be in the studio with Alex Ray. But up next, it's Ryan Borthwick.